I'm Bob Avant with Avant Farms in Taylor, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and we've got another episode rolling of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton acreage is on the rise. USDA released its Perspective Plantings Report last week, giving their official estimate of what they think cotton acreage will be this year, and it's definitely higher than it was last year. We'll check in with Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We could be looking at a drop in corn acres in the Texas High Plains unless some good rains get here soon. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. How the Russian-Ukrainian war is impacting the supply chain in the United States. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from an internationally recognized expert on the topic on Texas Ag Today. The Texas food and agriculture sectors are huge economic drivers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those numbers on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Farmers are expected to plant more cotton this year, according to the recent USDA Prospective Plantings Report. Total cotton acreage expected to be 12.2 million acres. That's up 9% from last year. Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says that 12.2 million acre number was about what he expected. Well, I wasn't really surprised. All of the early polls and surveys of growers, which there's private ones and there's trade group ones, you know, the Cotton Council does one. Cotton Grower Magazine did one earlier before the new year. They were all coming in between 12 and 13, which matched perfectly with what economics suggested. If you look at the prices of cotton, new crop cotton price versus, say, new crop corn, that relationship historically would have predicted somewhere between 12 and 13, kind of fluctuating with prices. Here in Texas, we're also expecting increased cotton acreage. We're still expected to grow over half the nation's cotton crop, with USDA calling Texas cotton acreage to be around 6.8 million acres. That's up from last year's 6.35 million. Corn acreage was a big surprise in the report. The Ag Department estimating nationwide corn acreage at 89.5 million acres. That's down 4% from last year. That's the biggest drop in corn acreage we've seen in eight years. 
But here in Texas, we're expecting a slight increase in corn plantings at 2.2 million acres compared to 2.15 million last year. Texas sorghum acreage expected to drop this year from 2.15 million last year down to 1.7 million this year. Texas wheat acreage expected to remain the same at 5.5 million acres. We've done several reports on how bad this 2022 wheat crop is looking, with over 80% of the crop now rated poor to very poor. But when you look at it a different way, that means there's about 20% of the crop that looks fairly good. Ben Schultz is a wheat grower in Levon, Texas, east of Dallas. He says he's one of those lucky farmers in that 20% who has a decent crop this year. Ours is start, starting to come out of dormancy. Uh, I still have good yield potential. There is, there's not excess moisture, but uh, actually in my part of the state, sometimes that's good for a wheat crop. But for the balance of the, the state, it's, it's, it's a pretty sad situation because uh, about 75% of our crop is in the poor to very poor condition at this time. Schultz says he's expecting to have at least an average crop this year, maybe a bit above average. We could be looking at a drop in corn acreage on the Texas High Plains unless some good rains arrive soon. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. The big headline maker in last week's USDA Prospective Plantings Report was national corn acres coming in below soybeans. But David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says he expected a drop in corn acres after talking with farmers from the Midwest at Commodity Classic. Comparing about the price of nitrogen, some of the issues with supply for the products we needed to grow corn, and the fact they can put a soybean crop in much cheaper and use less fertilizer. Interestingly, the USDA numbers project a 2% increase for Texas corn acres, but that's the outlook for the state as a whole. With traditional planting time for corn in the Texas High Plains just two or three weeks away, Gibson says our region's corn prospects are under pressure from lack of rain. Every day is critical from a weather standpoint. Every day with winds, it seems we're just getting drier. We're getting closer to planting without having good subsoil moisture. And ultimately, I think that could impact our acreage down. I've visited with some growers just in the past three to four days, and they're looking at how dry their soil is and looking at their well logs and things like that and saying, we just can't water the acreage we thought we could, and especially not having good subsoil moisture. So I think that's preparing me for some decrease in acres on the high plains. Gibson says cotton is likely to be the primary beneficiary of any acres corn loses in our region. Cotton, an attractive option, of course, not only because of a strong market situation, but also because it is a less water-thirsty crop. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Supply chain issues continue for Texas farmers, ranchers, and consumers. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Farmers, ranchers, and most all other Americans have been impacted by supply chain problems in one way or another since the pandemic began. And now, even as the pandemic has lessened considerably, but the Russian invasion of Ukraine is intensifying. To talk more about the supply chain issues, we go to Dr. Pedro Reyes. 
He is Associate Professor of Operations and Supply Chain Management in Baylor University's School of Business in Waco. And Dr. Reyes, let's start off by just looking at supply chain issues, impact on American agriculture with this Russian war on Ukraine. Fertilizer, the supply is already being strained, not just from the recent truck driver strike in Canada, but now also with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. We're looking at about 20% roughly coming from that part of the world imported into the U.S. Then you also have the United States grocery supply chains are being impacted. The strain is that the availability or the portfolio of things that are being produced that actually hits the grocery shelves, retail stores, is getting less. It's being strained. Now you have the other side, the rising cost. And there are several factors. The most obvious one, of course, is the petroleum cost. As gasoline prices keep increasing, the more expensive it is to process. And once the products are transported from one location to another, that's adding cost. If the transportation cost increases, product price is going to increase. It has to be absorbed somewhere. Someone's going to pay for it. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas food and agriculture sectors are huge economic drivers. Gary Joyner takes a look at the numbers. The annual report is called Feeding the Economy. It's a farm-to-fork economic analysis. It includes direct and indirect economic activity, as well as both upstream and downstream activity. And the 2022 report is quite impressive, both nationally and in Texas. 7% of the nation's economy and 29% of American jobs are linked to the food and agriculture sectors, either directly or indirectly. The sectors contributed a total of $3 trillion to the U.S. economy. In Texas, the economic impacts are Lone Star Big. Food and agriculture provides 4 million jobs and $194 billion in wages. Total output for the Texas sectors was $631 billion. Two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, the food and agriculture sectors remained resilient to provide Americans with jobs, economic opportunity, and safe food. They are a bedrock of our Texas and U.S. economies. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. If you plan on chasing turkeys this spring, there are some things that you need to keep in mind. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And rodenticides can be very toxic for pets. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Wildfires swept across central and west Texas in March, burning over 86,000 acres. Fires devoured pasture land and farmland, as well as livestock, homes, barns, and equipment. The Texas Farm Bureau West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund is ready to help. Farmers and ranchers with unreimbursed agricultural losses are encouraged to apply for assistance. Monetary contributions to the fund are also being accepted. Go to TexasFarmBureau.org to learn more. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Rodenticides can be very toxic for pets. 
Dr. Bob Judd says rodenticide poisoning is a very serious concern. Dr. Whitney Keller is a Texas Veterinary Medical Association member in McAllen, and she talked about rodenticide poisoning in an article in TexVet Pets. She indicates these rodenticides work in several different manners to kill the rodents, and these products don't just affect rats and mice, but many other animals if exposed, like dogs, cats, pocket pets, and even humans. If you feel your pet may have ingested a rat or mouse poison, call your vet immediately for their advice. In most cases, if your pet has ingested the poison within two hours, your veterinarian can induce vomiting and rid the patient of most of the poison. The administration of activated charcoal can be helpful in some cases to tie up or bind the toxins in the GI tract and prevent absorption. Once the poison has been absorbed, treatment is more difficult. The older type of rat poisons work by decreasing the ability of the animal's blood to clot. And if your pet is poisoned, you may see difficulty breathing, bleeding from the nose, blood in the urine or feces, and bruising of the skin, especially on the abdomen and around the eyes. Bromethylene is another rodenticide that causes fluid to accumulate in the brain and spinal cord, and signs include loss of balance, seizures, and coma. Another type of rodenticide contains high levels of vitamin D, and high levels lead to organ failure. Since all of these chemicals are toxic, it is best not to use them on your property, and keep your dog in a fence and cat in your house. If you do use the poison, be sure and place it where the pets cannot be exposed, and always keep the label. So if poisoning does occur, you will know the ingredients in the product. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you plan on chasing turkeys this spring, there are a few things you need to keep in mind. Jessica Domel tells what those things are in today's wildlife report. Spring wild turkey hunting season is now open across several zones in Texas, including those with a special one bird bag limit. Jason Harden, wild turkey program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, reminds hunters to check the bag limits in the counties that they're hunting in before heading out to hunt. In our one bird counties, it's a, it's a little complicated. In, in East Texas, those 12 counties, it's one bird for that entire landscape. You can only take one eastern turkey or one wild turkey from a county managed under that eastern philosophy for the entire ecoregion or landscape. Now, over in our one bird counties from Milam County south to Matagorda County, it's a one bird per county bag limit. So if you wanted to go to Fayette County to shoot a bird, then you can move next door to Caldwell County and shoot a bird. It's only one bird per county rather than the entire 10 county landscape. Those one bird bag limit counties or seasons are only spring seasons. Hunters should also be mindful of mandatory harvest reporting requirements in some counties. If you do harvest a gobbler in any of our counties with a one bird bag limit, you do have to report your harvest through the My Texas Hunt Harvest or on the Texas Parks and Wildlife website. It's pretty easy to find uh, within 24 hours of harvesting that bird. With that, you will get a confirmation number, tells you that your report has been submitted. And if you are checked by a game warden, you can just provide them that confirmation number and you're in good shape. We did add 10 new counties to that list. So I mentioned all counties with one bird bag limit now have mandatory reporting. That landscape along the eastern edge of our huntable population of Rios. So think about Bastrop County, Colorado, Fayette, all the way down to Matagorda counties. They now have mandatory harvest reporting. Details are available on OutdoorAnnual.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
It's been the same story for the last month or so. Grain prices rise and cattle prices fall. We saw that happen once again on Monday. We'll check all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent the past 30 years covering Texas agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, area code 833 833- 897-2474. That's 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? It's okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. Once again, 833-897-2474. If you cannot write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We see this happen over and over for the last several weeks. The corn market takes a jump higher. That pushes the cattle market lower. It happened once again to kick off the week on Monday. We closed lower in both live and feeder cattle Monday. April live cattle dropped 65 cents, 138 even. The June down 92 at 134.92, while August live cattle were down 70 cents, 136.20. Feeder market getting hit especially hard as you usually see when we see a jump in corn prices. April feeders dropped 320, 158.37. May feeder cattle down 365 at 162.47, while August feeders were down 225 at 174.10. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Monday. We wrapped up last week selling our cattle here in the south at 138 on a live basis. That's steady with the previous week. Boxed beef was mixed on Monday. Choice up a dollar sixteen, two sixty-eight thirty. Select down ninety cents at two sixty-one sixty-two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's head to San Angelo. Talk to Jody Fry. Jody, we've got you a glass of iced tea and the microphone. Tell us how the sale went in San Angelo Thursday. 1150 head, pretty comparable to that uh, week before where we had right at 1300. Your better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 140 all the way up to a high of near 215, mostly 150 to 175. Six to 800 pound steers from 125 all the way up to a high of 170, mostly 135 to 155. Better quality heifers, four to 600 pounds, one. 
130 up to a high of over 175, mostly 135 to 155. Slaughter cows average to high yielding 63 to 83. A few of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 84 to 90. Had a couple of individual cows that still brought 96 to 98, but that was the very, very top end cows. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, several of those today from 35 to 59. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 80 to a dollar. Several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls today from 101 to a high of 117. Bred cows and two-year-olds average to better quality. Several little packages of those heavy breads anywhere from 800 to 1175. Cow-calf pairs average to better quality pairs. This would be on your baby tooth to solid mouth pairs anywhere from 900 to a high of 1385. What do you think for next week, Jody? Well, I sure wrong about that sheep and goat sale. I didn't dream us having uh, just right at 8,000. I look for that number to back off a little, probably somewhere in that neighborhood of 50 to 6,500 next Tuesday. Look like these cattle numbers are going to stay pretty consistent, kind of somewhere between 11 and 1,300 hit. At Producers in Cargyle, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. You bet. The office number is 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's 234-7895. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs dropped lower Monday. April hogs down a dollar eighty-five, ninety-nine forty-five. May hogs down three eighty-seven at one hundred nine thirty. Class three milk was lower. April milk down sixteen cents, twenty-three fifty-three a hundredweight. May milk down forty-three at twenty-four twelve a hundred. The cotton market got a big boost on Monday. A lot of factors helping to push cotton prices higher. Of course, we have this uptrend going. Also, the weather. Drought across Texas and Oklahoma continues to worsen. That's pushing the cotton market higher. And the outside markets on Monday all helping as well. Grains, metals, energies all higher. That spilled over into the cotton trade. With May cotton jumping 339 points, 137.94. October cotton up 306 points at 119.78, while December was up 308, closing at 113.76. The corn market got a big boost from a Chinese purchase of U.S. corn. China bought over 1 million metric tons of U.S. corn. That's the largest purchase so far this year. 676,000 of that was old crop corn, the balance for new crop corn. We closed with May corn up 15 and a half, 750 and a half. September new crop corn up 15 and a half at 711 and a half. The wheat market higher on no good news coming out of the Russia-Ukraine war. July Kansas City wheat up 25 and a half at 1039 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 25 and three quarters, 10.10 a bushel. In the energy markets, May natural gas was unchanged at 572. May crude oil up 465, 103.92 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow was up 87 points at 34,905. The Nasdaq up 255 at 14,516, while the S&P was up 33 points. 4,579. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. 
For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.